0: I'm I'm Lee Gowland I'm Brian Davis and this is the 49 a faithful UK show
1: Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the 49 a faithful UK show on today's show, I'm joined once again by Naji Kara and Gareth Ellis. How are we doing, fellas? Fit and healthy, I hope?
0: Yes, all good. Stuck at home, but all good. All good for me?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty much no chance since the uh, the last podcast. We're all still at home. Um, the whole lockdown's been extended by another three weeks at least. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything differently. Great. So, on to the show. It's draft week, and there are currently a lot of rumours flying about social media suggesting potential player trades to, to ease the cap burden. For the purpose of the initial part of the show, we're going to stick with what is currently known, i.e. we have seven picks in the draft, including two in the first round, and no players have been traded yet. I think later on we will talk about this in the show, but first let's discuss what our team needs are. I'll start by saying, I believe there is no uncertainty surrounding Joe Staley's future. I believe this will have been sorted in advance of the draft, but not communicated, and that would, as that would be akin to showing your hand in poker. As long as teams think we may potentially draft a tackle early, this will push up the price on both our first round picks for tackle-needy teams. I'm not saying that we won't potentially take a tackle in a later round, However, if Joe is coming back, I don't believe we'll take one in the first round. Right, let's start with Najee. What do you think our team needs are in priority order?
0: Um, I've been kind of going back and forth on this, but I think I'm going to have to settle with with wide receiver um, at the very top, um, closely followed by safety, I think. I think that's the two main areas where we can very much improve and get way, way better and, and, you know, make a push to go back to the Super Bowl and win it. Um, I I think that's the two for me anyway. Um, After that, looking into the future and getting a cornerback, a tackle and then um, possibly guards um, and, and then linebackers on the back end of that, I think. Uh, would be the whole order that I would have on my on my
2: board.
1: And how about yours, Gareth? Uh,
2: completely different, I think. Um, I don't think wide receiver is perhaps as as much of a pressing need as is generally expected. I think we've got a couple of good guys coming back. Uh, I, I think corner is uh, is an area where we've we've got four guys that sort of, uh, position for two of them with a spoon and Mosley is not necessarily, uh, uh, you know, set. We don't necessarily know what their role is going to be next season, uh, and I'm concerned that all four of them are out of contract at the end of next season. So that's Sherman, Kay Warren, um, Mosley, and and Witherspoon, uh, I think getting a good corner through the draft is is essential. Uh, you've you've got to pay a lot of money if you want to pick up a guy in in free agency, or or you've got to trade picks to to get a player from another team. Um, And I'd also say interior of the O-line, one area where I feel we could improve is, is pass protection. Uh, It's all very well having a a wide receiver who's 40 yards down the field and wide open. That's no good if Jimmy's lying face down in the mud. So uh, I think with a, with a upgrade in the O-line, you will see an upgrade in the, in the kind of uh, the the passing game uh, because of that, if we can get some more protection. And again, uh, good O line guys. Uh, you want to try and pick them up through the draft if you can.
1: Right. So mine is almost the mix of both of yours. So I, I had initially gone cornerback, wide receiver, safety as my top three in that order. But the more the more tape I watch, I, I know this is a quite a a good draft. It, it's a stacked draft with the quality that's in there. But the more I see the wide receivers and what skill sets they have and what skill sets we need from a wide receiver, uh, and we touched on this in the last episode, we said we need somebody that stretched the field. And I think I, meant, I may have mentioned Denzel Mims in the last the last episode. He doesn't exactly stretch the field. His skill sets more on the, the route running in great hands. He comes down with the ball every single time. He's one that can always fight for the ball and win it rather than being a speed guy. And looking at the first two rounds, obviously we haven't got second round picks as yet, but looking at the first two rounds, I think the wide receiver that we need is in the first two rounds rather than later on, even though it's a stacked draft class. So I've changed mine to wide receiver, cornerback, safety. Now I've also got down, we need a couple of guards and a linebacker as well with the seven picks that we take. But I've also made a side note to say... The immediate requirement is to turn number 13 into more picks. And that could be a first round pick and a second round pick. It could be a couple of seconds and a third. Whatever it is, we we need to turn that into more picks to make us competitive in this draft.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think um, depending on how the chip falls... The, the priority of, of of the front office, and, and and I think everybody is going to agree with that, is is to turn one of those two first rounds into a second or third or fourth or, or any combination of those. Um, just just to get because otherwise we don't pick until the fifth round. Um, we, which obviously, as you said, uh, the draft I think this year is pretty stacked in, in talent, um, especially on um, you know the wide receiver position. Um, and at the, at the defensive back position. So I think if we could trade down and, and turn what could be a, an expensive contract into two or three players um, that could impact and even maybe start straight away, uh, that could be, you could keep for four or five years, uh, it, it's going to make us way more competitive. It, it's it's a definitely a deal that, that will make us good, not just this year, but you know in two and three and four years um which i, I think is the the ultimate goal here we, we're not we're not a one and done team uh, we're not going to go to super bowl lose it and then not ever go there uh, for another 10 years so so yeah I'd, I'd really like to see that i think it's it, it'll be a it'll be a case of who's who's available and and what trade offers we get basically
1: Okay, so let's just remind everybody, just before we jump into who we think potentially might be there for us to take, um, let's just remind people of what draft picks we have. Um, So as I mentioned earlier on, we've got seven draft picks at numbers 13, 31, 156, 176, 210, 217 and 245. That gives us two first round picks, a fifth round pick, two fifth round picks, a 6th round pick, and two seventh round picks. And that's why we need more picks. We need more picks in rounds 2, 3, and 4. Or we need picks in t- rounds 2, 3, and 4 to make the most of the value that's out there. So let- let's start with wide receiver. And I'm going to pass this over to you, Najee, because you've got wide receiver as your number one priority. And who do you think we should be targeting and why?
0: Well, I think there's a clear free free front runner in in this in this draft class. I think Henry Hugs, the third, Jerry Judy, and C D Lamb are the clear, clear above a massive group behind them that I actually really like. I've been watching a lot of tape on them, and uh, we'll talk about them in a bit. But I think if any of those three uh, is available, um, they have the potential to become. Um, franchise setter, uh, people like Julio Jones or um, Odell Beckham, kind of players that will change the the way defenses attack us and, um, and defend against us, and and it will definitely change the way we play the game. Maybe even uh, that's the potential these three guys have. They've got very high ceiling. Uh, their floor is very high as well. They're clearly very, very good, very well coached from um, you know very good college. So I think that's the top three, but there is a lot, a lot of them that I like. Uh, T. Higgins, I really like. Um, LaViska Cheno, I really like. It's kind of a carbon copy of of Debo with a bit more length and speed. Um, and then there's a bunch of speedsters like K. J. Hamler and um, Jalen Rager from TCU, um, and all these guys could um, absolutely. Uh, we talk about getting speed. And uh, I'm pretty sure K J Hamler was the fastest guy at the combine. No, it was Ruggs and then it was Hamler. Um so so there there is a lot of talent. There's 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 at least seven or eight, maybe nine or ten if you start going a bit deeper. There could there could be starters for us uh day one, I think, depending on how the whole camp and, and everything turns out, obviously. But um it's it's a big group. I think my favorite is is Henry Rex at the moment. Uh, his tape is pretty insane. Um, you know, we've seen it firsthand. Tyreek Hill has has destroyed us basically on on one play, um, and he's destroyed many many defenses over the past few years. I think having somebody like that, um, they, they, those two get compared quite a lot. Would would definitely change our team. You know, you can imagine this guy stretching the field and making safety backup, and then Kittle and Debo Samuel underneath that just wreak havoc in traffic. So um, I really like Ruggs if he's there at 13. I just have the feeling that maybe all those three guys will be gone before that, maybe. And then in that case, that's where I think we could trade down and then get, get KJ Armler or uh, Jalen Riga.
1: So I think it's interesting that you used... Julio Jones as a comparison for the, the top three. Not a direct comparison in the way of the player, but with the type of impact that could have on a team. Now, the reason I think that's interesting is I started comparing the likes of Julio Jones with some of the draft prospects that we were looking at uh, at wide receiver. Uh, and the one that actually stood out was one that I've already mentioned just a couple of minutes ago was Denzel Mims. Their combine. Scores, stats, um, the results of each different test were almost identical in each different category.
0: Yeah, for, I completely forgot all my memes. That just shows how many there is. Um, yeah, Mims memes has been amazing this season. I watched a few beta game, and it was clearly a cut above as well. I, I really like him. Um, yeah, it's just you can you can always make parallels. I just yeah, r- r- I was talking about Ruler Jones more in in. In the fact that since he's been in Atlanta, he's been, you know, the number number one guy, and he's the franchise head after my Ryan. You know, it's just the guy is completely reliable and has been for five years. um So that's what I was talking about. Yeah, but I like memes too quite a lot. I just I think you get a good deal of getting him top of the second, maybe very late first if if people start picking up all these all of these wide receiver. Um, I mean, I've done I've done mock draft on PFF that are like 10 wide receivers going in the first round. So um, it's certainly a possibility.
1: So uh, a question about two of the top two that's there. So you've got Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III. They both play their football at Alabama. Is there any way potentially that they look better than what they are because you've got two... Good wide receivers on the same college college team, if you know what I mean you I know, do know what you mean yeah, yeah
0: i think I think evaluating evaluating talent is always difficult, especially at college because they play such variety of you know defenses and they do win games sixty to nothing or, or whatever and it, it does look easy for sometimes but I think scouts see things better than we do if if those two guys are at the top I, I will trust them to be um to be at the top for a reason i think it's harder to try and get other people that play um in lower leagues in you know in division two maybe or or in a slightly less good college to because they might have a terrible offensive line or a terrible callback that's throwing the ball to them so now i think i think that just good players um if they come out of alabama to start with usually they you know five-star recruits out of high school so I don't. I don't think. I don't think it's going to be impacted that much. And you know, they had adversity to go through. They, they lost Tangavelo quite early, and last year, last season as well, where they had to play with hurts. So they, they've had a lot of wide um, quarterbacks throwing the ball to them, and they've been productive. Whoever was under center. So.
2: Yeah.
1: So Gareth, have you seen any uh, wide receivers that float your boat?
2: I must admit, I'm. A, I don't hugely follow the uh, the college game, um, and I am slightly dubious sometimes of of highlight wheels, um, which could show a, a wide receiver being absolutely anonymous for a game and then making one great catch. And of course, that makes the highlight wheel, and you and you think that's what you're getting every play. Um, I I think there's there is there is an argument for needing the speed, but I think we've seen that Shanahan likes those players who who are versatile uh, the way he's used Debo, particularly in like in the running game. Uh, and I think he likes receivers who are quite tough um, and will quite happily stick into a block. And that's the sort of stuff you don't necessarily see watching highlight tapes for receivers. You don't see potentially the other contributions they're, they're making uh, the routes they're running, whether they're, they're prepared to to stick a block in um, and, and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> Even though I've come on the pod the uh, the podcast, I'm possibly not the best person to really be be making much uh, opinion about these these sort of guys. So I've I've seen bits, and I think like like Nadji, I tend to read a lot more, um, and you you trust where you see consensus. You see different different articles, different people talking the same way about players, um, and I, I I tend to sort of follow that quite a lot. I I I don't think it's worth necessarily taking one of one of these big wide wide receivers with uh with a pick thirteen if there's going to be guys who are still there sort of somewhere between say pick twenty-five and, and pick forty. Uh I think it's a lot of draft capital to uh draft capital to put into one player. Uh we've seen we've got running back by committee, uh and we've also seen that Shanahan likes to spray the ball around. I don't think we're we're so reliant on on a receiver who's going to get a a 1200 yard season uh every season i think he wants receivers who, who can catch the ball when they're when they're targeted um but will also muck in with the other parts of the game uh and the fact that we we don't i feel need a need a wide receiver sort of one a main target uh when shanahan's shown he's quite happy to throw the ball around um with kittle debo juice uh, there's lots of targets there available, and it keeps the defenses off balance. Uh, I'd hate to think we became a bit predictable by by putting a lot of draft capital into one guy. Who you know, you've got to make him work for that. You, you you've got to throw the ball to him. I'm not sure that's our uh, the way our offense works. However, I think a blazing wide receiver could could well make the difference. It's going to come down to whether Shanahan fields one of these guys. Uh, in that first round sort of area, middle of the first round, is that much better than a guy he might be able to pick up at, at the beginning of the second round. And and that that's what I'm not convinced about, whether any of these prospects are that much better than that kind of second tier that you've talked about, that second cluster of sort of four or five wide receivers who are, who are considered below the sort of three main names. Um, but are they that much lower? Not sure it's worth putting all the draft capital into one guy at 13.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got to agree with that. And that's why I said, for me, the immediate requirement is to turn number 13 into more picks. And I think what you said about the highlight reel as well, that, that was, yeah, I agree 100% with that. Um, and that was brought to my attention by Naji just the other day when we were talking on uh, Messenger. And I, I was all in on Denzel Mims uh, after watching a few different of the different highlight reels done by different people. And he just looked absolutely fantastic. And that he sent us a, a, a link to a, to another highlight reel. Well, it wasn't really a highlight reel. It was a game tip. It was a game tip. And this was um, Denzel Mims coming up against Jeff Gladney. And basically, Jeff Gladney had him in his pocket for pretty much the full game. He didn't get a sniff, Denzel Mims. So it just goes to show you that um, if you, if you do any research whatsoever on YouTube take Nadji's advice and always do player A versus player B and see if you can get them up and have a look at that. So you put two really good players up against each other and see how they perform then. And speaking of Jeff Gladney, that very well transitioned us into the cornerback position, which is over to you, Gareth.
2: Uh, Ooh, responsibility. I think... it seems that there's, there's a standout there, Jeff Okuda, who uh, is likely long gone um, by 13. Stranger things could happen, but there's, there's I think there's three or four that uh, a lot of mock drafts have uh, corners going in the first round. Uh, C.J. Henderson, uh, Jalen Johnson, and there is another whose name escapes me for the moment. Uh, Travon Diggs? Christian Church. Fulton Oh yeah, think? Christian Fulton, Trevor Diggs. I think the wide receivers, there's potentially a little cluster who are who are considered the top top prospects, but that second tier, are they are they that much uh, uh, less capable than those first first choice guys? I'm not sure. I, I think it's gonna be a good good investment for us. Uh, I think corner is, is gonna be so important. Uh, particularly in our division we're we're facing teams that do like to throw the ball. Uh, and it, it did strike me. Uh, if you can think of it as a negative, uh, having a good pass rush puts your opponents in third and long, just where you want them. Uh, and as soon as you're on third and long, you're potentially facing, uh, you know, certainly three, if not four wide receivers. Uh, you've got to be able to cover those guys. Obviously we've got, we got safeties and others and, and the linebackers are uh, are pretty fast and mobile to cover guys on short routes. Um, But I certainly feel it's, it's an area where we have been targeted uh, and it's, it's an area where we have given up some good plays uh, over last season. No, no specific games mentioned, Um, but you know, I think the upgrade to the secondary is, is needed to match that pass rush. Uh, Quarterbacks I think are scared of the pass rush, but I don't think any quarterback is really scared to sling the ball Downfield at us, uh, that there's nobody there necessarily who's going to make a quarterback sort of terrified of of being able to release the ball, uh, and it's it's an area where I'd like to see us improve. As as Naji said, maybe maybe it's safety, uh, and I think we've got a luxury that we can look at the board whenever we pick, uh, and we could take a, a corner or a safety. I think in that situation,
1: Naji, how about you?
0: To me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm very baffled about about us needing a corner. We've got four extremely good ones, and I've shown all season that they, they played out of their skin and played really really well. Yes, Sherman had a terrible day in the Super Bowl. Yes, Witherspoon dropped off uh, when he came out of his injury, and it wasn't as good as it should have been. Um, but Manuel Mosley was pretty much outstanding the whole. The whole season, apart from one play, uh, which I'm still not sure was his fault. Um, uh, and, you know, K1 Williams has been nothing short but outstanding all, all season in, in an equal position. So to, to me, is it's if we're going to, you know, pick a pick a cornerback in the first round, uh, who do we bench? Who, what are we going to open, a, a you know, a competition in in a camp if that exists? Um and I have five people on five corner that can potentially get in. Um, I 100% agree that we will need to draft a cornerback, but I think it'll be next year when either Sherman walks away, or we can't resign with a spoon, or we can't resign Mosley because he's had another terrific season and somebody snatched him. Um, at the moment, I think our starters is pretty set. It, it'll be Sherman, Mosley, and K1 Williams, and then. I don't have a problem taking a corner way later, maybe in, in the fourth or the fifth. Uh, some kind of prospect I could learn. Or, you know, we also have Jason Verrett, which I know is a massive project at this at this time. The guy hasn't played football in what about five or six years now, but uh, I don't think we need it this year. And and using a first-round pick is pretty much sure starting position. Um, Definitely big contract, big money. Um I, I don't know if that's the kind of friction and competition we want in our local room. I don't know how how they work and how they, they operate. But I just don't see it. And that's why to me it's it, we need to upgrade safety. I know Jimmy Ward had a great season last season, but the four years prior to that he was pretty much injured. So, what's more likely that he's gonna be injured again and and miss five or six game or or is he gonna be playing sixteen game at the level he did? And tart was the same. He, he missed a few games. and I'd just like to see a, a game changing safeties and and there is some in this draft. um you know Graham delpit and Xavier McKinney are next level guys that could you know Ed Reed type Troy Polamalu. and i'm I'm not saying it is those guys, but it's Possible to be able to get one of those guys, and then and then if if we have the front four that we have, and then you get a guy like this in the backhand, and you know uh, Richard Sherman and Mosley, uh, we're going to be people are going to struggle to score on us. So that's why I go safety this year, and and probably corner next year. But uh, yeah, um, that's that's my that's my
1: pick. So if you're going to go safety this year, who who do you think we should be targeting?
0: Um, same again. I think if if he's available at thirteen, um, I would I would jump on McKinney. Um, after that, it's, a, it's it's a it's a game of of chicken and trying to wait as long as possible. And um, I really like Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, his tape is pretty amazing. He's um, quite small, but he, he remind me of Tyron Matthew a little bit. Big big ball you know ball skill ball hawk. How they call it um, big in the box as well. Made made a few tackles for losses, um, and and we could get him early second, um, mid second if you know if if everything goes our way. Um, really really like him. Really like Carl Dugger as well. A bit of a bigger bigger guy, more of a cam chancellor type guy, uh, but still still very good on the ball. Um, I, I like those four a lot. I think McKinney is a cut above the rest. In terms of everything that he can do, he, he, he does it better. Um, but on the back end, even at 31, I think I think we could pick uh, either Del Pitt or, um, but maybe not the other two. I think I think they're more second-round material. Um, but um, yeah, those four, those four I really like.
1: Right. So that's wide receiver, cornerback, safety covered. Let's move over to guard. Guard was one of the areas where we suffered a lot of injuries last year. Um, and obviously we, we had a lot of second and third stringers come in. And there was comments towards the end of the season that they're getting turned around like swing gates. Um, but, I mean, to be honest, they, they came in and, and did a good job. Um, we got the Super Bowl. They can't have done a bad job because we got the Super Bowl. But it was an area of weakness. And this draft class doesn't have that, all that many great guards in it. Is there any guards that you think? Given our picks that we have at the moment, so we talk, we're not going to take a guard in the first round. That that's a given. So we suddenly into the uh, the fifth round with picks one five six one one seven six. Who do you think is going to be there around one five six one seven six that we can potentially take?
0: Um, that predicting up to the fifth round is going to be difficult. Um, no, I think you're right. I don't think this is a very all-line heavy class. Um, there's a couple that are very good and then um, which will probably be gone before we even pick at 13. Um, but after that, I personally, I don't know. Um, I haven't watched any all-line tape and I'm not well-versed in all-line skills to make a judgment on who's good, who's bad. Um so uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure to be honest. I think I think we're not as bad as we look, I think re signing Garland and we've talked about it, Lee. Um might we might slide him to Garland because he's played so well at center when um oh, I forgot his name. Brunskill went down. No. Not Rich Brunskill. Back. Richburg, thank you. Uh, went down. Um so th- there's a possibility. But I think Tomlinson, you know, is st- still very solid. I think it's more of a look, look toward the future, kind of, uh, kind of deal as well. Because uh, we have Branski in school to potentially replace Telly next year if he decides to hang his boots. Uh, so maybe get another one or two. Also worth mentioning the new CBA, which is uh, now active. Has pushed the rosters to 55, and uh, one of those extra guys on the team has to be an alignment. So, um, so it's possible that we go uh, we go that route, but yeah, I don't see us picking until maybe fourth if we can trade down to that or fifth. Um, but I have no names for you, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned the CBA because that, that was the reason I give two guards as uh some of our picks for the seven picks taking two guards. The, the fact that we are gonna. Have to take an additional lineman um, with the extended roster, so that's why that's why I went for two guards. So, linebacker, linebacker. For for me, I think I mentioned in the last show again. You know, we have done that many um, private private chats over the last couple of weeks. I can't remember whether or not I spoke, spoke about it in the last podcast, or whether or not it was on the private chat. But I think I mentioned linebacker. I think that's going to be a need. I don't think we've got great depth at linebacker. I mean, we've got three really good linebackers. We've got Fred Warner, we've got uh, Dre Greenlaw, and we've got Quan Alexander there. But those are your three starting linebackers. We've lost a decent uh, backup linebacker in Elijah Lee. He's gone. We've lost him now. And I just think if you look around the position groups, Linebacker seems to be a little bit weak as far as depth is concerned. Um and I do know there's a there's a few linebackers who will be available in the mid mid to late rounds that look like decent linebackers and a decent fit to the way that we play football.
2: I think line yeah, linebacker has certainly been one of one of the success in the draft in the last couple of years, with I think Fred Warner was a third and, and Dre Greenlaw a fifth. Uh, you know. Salah obviously knows what he's doing with potentially identifying talent with his team at that position, uh, and, and I think you're right. I think it's an area where we we could do with with getting another guy into into the building, uh, potentially competing for not necessarily starting, but certainly sort of special teams straight away. Um, and it and it depends what happens potentially long term with with Quan Alexander and his contract, but I, I'd certainly like to see. If we can continue this this uh, um, thing that we've had with with picking quality starting linebackers in in the later rounds, so I'd agree. I'd I'd hope there's a guy who might be there even even as late as the fifth. Uh, someone that Salo has got his eye on and says, "Yep, yeah, that's a guy I can I can polish up. He's got the skill sets we need. He just needs you know some good coaching or or uh, you know a little bit of uh, improvement in some aspects of his game." Um, and and our linebacker core could be could be set for a long time i think it's, it's the linebacker seems to be very important in in the way that we play the game um particularly with their sort of the speed and coverage that's needed uh but Salah seems to have a very clear idea of the skill sets that he wants from those linebackers uh, and i think that that's a good thing in the draft because you can forget other people's mock drafts. You can forget, you know, whatever team they played for at college. If you've got a very clear idea of, of certain aspects of a player you're looking for, uh, you can go out and target that player uh, and say, yes, this is this is a guy we can polish up.
1: Do you think there's any surprise picks out of the seven? Position-wise, it. position-wise.
2: It'd be interesting to see if we if we take a running back, particularly with a later round pick. Um, and yeah. it may, may be interesting. I, I don't necessarily know it would, it would happen, but whether we, um, uh, took a quarterback with a very late pick as well. Uh, I don't know quite what's going to happen with our, our current two, two quarterbacks behind Jimmy. Uh, and I, the complexities of Shanahan's offense. I think if you're going to take a, a punt on a late round guy, you need to take a guy who, you, you you might think has got some some skills, some potential, uh, and, and keep him for a year on the practice squad and, and see what you can make of him. Uh that's exactly what happened with Mullins. Uh, he was take, taken undrafted, um, you know, kind of sat there for a year being off the roster, being on the practice squad and learnt that playbook and you know, until he knew it black backwards and then got his chance to to shine in a few games. Um yeah, I think there's there's a little uncertainty there in the in the in the backup position behind Jimmy and it's never never too early to get a guy particularly if you can find someone in the seventh round or so uh who who you might think might have some potential as either a backup or 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 a trading piece in a couple of years but I think think it's an outside chance but that was the question so
0: (laughs) yeah I think I think there might be a case to be made for us to strip swap what we lost from from Buckner I think you know at 13 if you know maybe you know Derek Brown is there um maybe we pick him and we get pretty much pound for pound what we just lost um with a slightly later pick than than what um, the Forest Buckner was um and then we haven't lost anything except the money basically if obviously the player turns out to be anywhere as good as as Buckner was um for us but there is a case to be made that we need to to just keep churning this this defensive line, and we we had a lot of injuries last year, and it's almost cost us. Um, I can certainly think we we've lost a couple of games during the, re- the regular season because of of our D line being so short-handed. So uh, yeah, we could easily make a case, I think, for for us to pick uh, an interior lineman, if, especially if Solomon Thomas. Uh, doesn't decide to to play football anymore or something or this just doesn't pan out uh, how he should which which i have high hopes i think he's going to finally play in his natural position and and hopefully he can you know have a breakout season like armstead just had and then we can we can trade arms away and then keep keep the ball rolling basically um because that's what good teams do um but yeah i think you know if in terms of loss and 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 gain capital uh, when the draft is over, if we could get somebody like him. And I am saying, I think he's probably the only guy that I would get if he was available, maybe at 13, um, because he's, he's that good. Um, But, uh, you know, apart from that, I don't think, but you you never know. Uh, Maybe, maybe, you know, Robert Satter's go way more pulled than, than we think. And he's, he's going to say, I want this guy and we're just going to get him. I mean, we've drafted, D-line four years in a row, so let's make it five maybe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so so I'm assuming then that you would take Brown over Kinlaw.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right, so i would go the opposite way, to be honest. Uh, looking at the pair of them, Brown's bigger than what Kinlaw is, but Kinlaw looks more athletic. He's, he's quicker off the line. He, he just looks as though he causes a lot more problems than what Brown does. Brown stops a lot more getting through, um, so he's definitely going to be very good against the run. But out of the two of them, I feel as though Kinlaw is more the first Buckner than what Derek Brown is.
0: Yeah, I agree. I just think we need somebody that eats double team, and I think Brown just does that. Um, and what that does is, let's not forget, we've yeah, got Nick also. Yeah, releases Foster Armstead and Armstead um, and default. That's what we want. We want these three guys to be basically one on one or. You know make, make the line make mistakes and be free to the quarterback um I, nick boss is next level if if you get him one-on-one it's over if if he has a tight end on him it's over so if you can have somebody uh, as big as brown in the middle that's going to disrupt every play somebody like Aaron donald or you know uh some some big guys like uh oh, i forgot his name now uh, he used to play for tampa that doesn't anymore but Gerald McCoy. Never- McCoy, yeah, somebody like that. Or or Sue, you know, that just hits double team and and even beats it every now and then. Um, Then you're set. And then, you know, with the rotation we have and DJ Jones and and all of the guys that we've got on the line, then we'll be back to exactly where we were a year ago. And and that was a good place to be, so.
1: Okay, so let's move on to the the trade rumours. Literally only a few hours ago, um, reports started servicing on social media that that incredibly trustworthy place where you find out <laughs> all the news that uh, potentially we're looking to ship goodwin ford alexander or tart not all four of them but all four are up for potential trades what do you make of that
0: well as i said to gareth in the chat i think it's 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 small business decision right it's big contracts and it's if you get the right uh, the right offer, um which to me would be a first round pick for um any of those guys uh then you just take it because you've just relieved yourself of of cap space so that means you can be a bit more aggressive after the draft if something uh, you you never know like somebody like Marcus Lee just got released so um, ma- maybe you can go and get a guy like this and give him a decent contract. Um, so I, I think it's yeah again it's you weigh your option is what what can you get in return and if it's if it's a smart move just absolutely do it if it's going to make your team better maybe not this year but for the next three years instead of one then you've got to do it. I don't like losing default I think that would probably disrupt quite a lot uh same for alexander i think you touched on it we don't have enough depth at linebacker um but you know losing tart and picking up mckinney uh, wouldn't i think i would be quite happy with that uh, although i love that i know got nothing against him in particular um mm-hmm. i've heard also coleman and uh you know breeder was on the trade book so may- maybe we could get more more value out of those guys
2: you know, it, potentially it's it's not guys they want to trade away, but it's guys that they might be prepared to listen to an offer for. Uh, you know, I, I I can't see us getting first rounds for either D Ford or Alexander, particularly with the size the size of their contracts. Uh, and it did it did concern me if 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 the argument is okay, we need to free up the cap space. Uh, you know, we sign those guys. We know we know what their contracts are on. That the concern I. I'd have if we suddenly a year later think, oh, we've paid too much for certain guys, or, or or need that cap space. That that gives me concern that we're not managing that ongoing cap space and and player contract um, as as well as we could. Of course, I think every team would would like to get rid of 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 some players on the on the salary cap if they're well compensated for. I I think we could possibly make the salary cap savings some somewhere else. Um, Tevin Coleman for five million a year is it, someone I don't think is is it's hugely good value for that money uh, when we could we could probably get somebody for for half that to do to do Coleman's job. You know, he's he's not going to be expected to carry the team uh, and do the the bulk of the workload. And it's five million. Uh, yeah. Um, Marquise Goodwin, again, he's he's on about five or six. If we needed a little bit of cap space, I think I think there's other ways of doing it. I'd be concerned that we we'd sign these guys, given up certainly the draft capital for, um, for D Ford and then trade them away a year later, potentially for, you know, we might, uh, I've read something today about uh, potentially getting a third round pick. I think it was pick 90 uh, or, or something from, from the Texans for D Ford. Uh, I'm not sure that would be necessarily great business because those, those guys needed to be, need to be replaced. Uh, Alexander is possibly more, even though we haven't got the depth, if we, if we drafted well, he's a guy I'd potentially prefer to see go before D Ford. I don't necessarily want to see any of them go, particularly after only having one year's of production out of them. Um, but there we are. That's, that's the salary cap. Unfortunately, good players sometimes get sent on their way, as we saw with Buckner. Like, I they tra- trade they trade rumours and it's a quiet time and people need to uh, uh, to write articles for websites. So <laughs> Yeah.
1: Yeah, for me it, it's not so much it's a cap issue. Oh, I think that's just smoke and mirrors. I think it's just a case of we want the picks and potentially it might be it might be giving us some indication that we're not actually willing to trade down in the first round. Mm. I think t- to me that's that's what it's saying more than the fact that we've got cap issues. Because we, we know what uh, Paragmarath is like. He, he's an absolute genius with the uh, mm. with the cap. He, he's very good at doing that. And when you look at the players that they've mentioned, realistically, Goodwin, yes, I can definitely see who's trading him. Alexander, because of his injury and the fact that we did pretty pretty well while he was out, I think he's somebody that we can actually get rid of. Mm. and get the cap saving back, and bring in a couple of linebackers in the draft. So, yeah, Goodwin, Alexander, I don't think there's any way we get rid of Ford, because as Nadji said, that would cause us so many problems with the defensive line, because he's such a big part.
0: Yeah, I think, I don't think it, I don't don't read too much into it in terms of uh, we need to free some caps, and I don't have much concern about um i hope we turn around and we realize we don't have money i think you know parag is absolutely amazing as doing his job but uh, cooking contract that make make a, the player look good and us good as well i think it's more a case of realizing what we're gonna have to do to stay good we're gonna have to pay mm-hmm. nick boss very soon we're gonna have to pay fred warner very soon we're gonna have to pay josh kittle very soon um i think most of us is gonna have a bigger contract very soon um mm-hmm. You know Jimmy's contract is not not that far away either. Um, all of these and and it's it's a lot of money. Like Nick Bosa is going to be the probably the highest paid defensive end in the league by the time his contracts roll around, and that's gonna you know that's gonna cost a lot of money. So if you can save yourself the trouble by, uh, as as Lee said, shipping somebody that yeah it, we'd like to have him, but he wasn't there last year and and we did pretty well without him. Um, and it's a big contract like Alexander then absolutely uh, let's do it it's just smart, smart business isn't it um, I am not you know, nowhere near very good of economics and how everything works and if it's a good deal or not but like, you know um, if you, you, I've always seen, been amazed by the Patriots losing key players after winning the Super Bowl and uh, they were they were right pretty much every time. Um, I remember when Jamie Collins left. I, I was just baffled. Um, the guy had, you know, eight, 19 sacks season and basically won them the, the Super Bowl pretty much by playing amazing. And, and then he was gone. And it's just like, what, what's going on here? And it's just small, small business because you can stay good. You can, you can, you know, take that capital and, and change it into two, three, four players there would have the same impact in the long run. So I, I think it's more this than, I, I I hope so. And I think you're right. I think it's as desperate to get into the second round and the third round, maybe maybe we give the 31st pick and go to win to get an extra two rounds, you know, second and third or something just to sweeten the deal. It's, he hasn't played in, in two years. So um, I think it's more a case of that. Also, as Gareth said, it's rumors who, who knows it could also be just mental games um yeah you know you you, you see out there uh, i've just read an article that redskins are listening to to um to trade talk and trade calls and they're getting calls and is that true is it is it to make you know the dolphin panics and and all those people that need quarterbacks and and all that it's all mind games the draft um almost as much as it is actual business um but I trust John Lynch. You know, the, the trade we did with the Bears the last year, or two years ago, was amazing. Um, and I, f- I think we've had three very good drafts. So I, I'll trust the process no matter what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, thanks for joining me again, fellas.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a while. Uh, it's, it's, good. it's good to be back.
1: And thank you to the people that download and listen to the podcast. Uh, it makes it all worthwhile. Right, it's time to look forward to the draft and hopefully see some wheeling and dealing being done. I definitely think this year will test John Lynch's GM skills to the limit if he is to get as much value as possible out of the draft picks. So until next week, stay safe, stay healthy everyone and I look forward to reviewing our draft class later next week.
2: San Francisco, deep in the heart,
0: like Joe Montana in the corner, deep heart, Garrison Hurst, Stiff Farm, going ninety Go nine. Don't get it twisted, one and all with five time John Teller, Jerry Rice down the sideline, NDP, greatest the up all time, Groove, Walgreens, Bill Bellachek, were all students of Bill Walsh, don't ever forget.